Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. And you are listening to the 30th episode of Making It Women in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working across the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, thoughts and advice, as well as the importance of diversity behind and in front of the camera. March is Women's History Month. In honour of that, we will be talking about women's cinema history, past and present. So, should we dive into some historical key figures when it comes to not only the birth of cinema, but women in film? Okay, so to start off, we'll talk about some women in the golden age of cinema. So, Pardon me if I get the names wrong. Say it in a French you know, accent. So the first woman I'm going to talk about is Alice Guy Blash. Um, so that's spelled B-L-A-C-H-E. So if I'm wrong and if you speak French, you know, let us know. <laughs> We're sorry. Um, she, was born, <laughs> she was born in 1873 and died in 1968 and was the first woman to ever direct a film and between 1896 and 1906, she is thought to have been the only female filmmaker in the world. Yeah. Alice was a pioneer filmmaker and is widely considered the first to ever create narrative fiction in film. So, okay. yeah, so she was the first woman to, uh, the first person to ever create narrative fiction in film. And she did this with The Cabbage Fairy, which was a short film silent short film made in 1895. In 1910, after having lived in the US for a while, Solak Studios was founded by Alice, her husband Herbert, and George A. Maggie. Before Hollywood became what we now know it as, you know, the center of the film industry, not only in the US, but pretty much the world, Solak Studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey was the center of the film industry in America. She helped found that. As a pioneer, she was one of the first filmmakers to use different types of techniques like the split screen, double exposure, editing and the close-up shot, which she used in 1906, five years before D.W. Griffith, who is often considered to be the first. She was also one of the first to add colour to film by hand-painting each frame. She was also part of the first filmmakers to add sound to film and some even say that she made the first music video ever in 1905 where she had singers lip sync to music that had already been recorded oh man this is so cool right like i don't know hand painting frames and there were a lot of frames by the way like that's dedication now as mentioned she was the first to truly create visual stories not just by moving postcards she also explored social issues and highlighted women and girls in a way that hadn't been seen before. One of her movies, Two Little Rangers, is about two young cowgirls. She also made a comedy short called The Consequences of Feminism, where gender roles are reversed. She featured women in this groundbreaking way where they had depth and character and personality and they weren't just, you know, stiff housewives. You didn't see that, but she let girls and women just be out there. And after working under Leon Gamont, Gamont, an innovator and part of the f- making of film, for 10 years Gamont wrote a book about his company and removed all trace of Alice's contributions and achievements. She is still largely excluded from film history today, despite the undeniable impact she had had 
on the development of cinema as we know it today. She directed over 700 films in her life. Oh my goodness. Mm. How can I learn about the beginnings of film in uni and her name is not even mentioned once? Mm-hmm. Like literally, you know, the close-up, she was one of the first to start using that editing, you know, again, adding color, sound. She really was uh, a part of, you know, adding sound to otherwise silent films. Um, and specifically, I think the biggest one is the narrative part. Like literally remember that every time you watch a movie that's not a, um, you know, not documentary, like that's, well, it's not because of her because people would have come to that conclusion at some point, but literally the first person ever to create narrative film. Before that, it was like, you know, the moving train. It was people marching and walking. It was like snippets. It was what the Lumiere, Lumiers, is that how you say it? Sorry, I'm really bad at French. What they did was more about capturing things. What she used the camera for was to express things. And I just think it's so important to learn about it's just amazing it kind of made me emotional just reading about like her life there and how she was also just removed from it exactly and next up we have dorothy arsner born in 1897 died in 1979 she was one of the first female film directors in america she worked during the silent era but was an essential part of the transition to sound and screen as she invented the boom mic Uh, And then, yeah, in this um, article I found, um, I'll link it down below. Um, They say, while others struggled with the medium's transition from silent film to sound, Arsner thrived and innovated. So as not to distract the skittish film star Clara Bow with the new challenge sound brought, Arsner dangled a microphone from a fishing rod, pioneering the very first boom mic. That's so cool. Dorothy also directed 16 feature films, which is one of the largest feature filmographies of any woman in Hollywood to date. She also taught at UCLA, where one of her students was Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. Yes, the director of Godfather. He says, we have a history of women every bit as great as great men. And we know women can do anything a man can do and will as our species evolves. It takes time and we have seen it happen now. The women are doing dazzling work. And when I started in film, there were no female film directors. So my daughter became one of the first. So I feel there is a good progress. That's so lovely to hear. I know. He said this at this um, um, film festival in Marrakesh. And then he went on to, when he talked about Dorothy, he said, She was a very important Hollywood director. She was a successful film director in the 1920s and 30s, the only woman who was. She was a wonderful woman. She was very encouraging to me. I think that meant so much, as I always had self-doubt, was that she would say, you're going to do fine. She was very famous. I just had good luck that I was her student. The godmother, I guess you can say. (laughs) Exactly. And Dorothy's legacy is vast and still influential. From being one of the few women telling stories about women, the first woman to be a part of the Directors Guild of America, she also is credited with launching careers actresses <laughs> such as Catherine Hepburn and Lucille Ball. Yeah. Wow. So that's so inspiring knowing that, you know, you know, we now think this is a male dominant industry, mm-hmm. but back then, you know, any room she was in, you know 
it's going to be all men. And that is, you know, thinking about that now, it's terrifying. But back then, it would have been 100 times worse. And yeah. for her to, like, pioneer her way, you know, into the film industry, um, just, that's, that's crazy to think. Yeah, and then, okay, so I found out about this uh, woman named Marion E. Wong. And she, you probably won't find her in a lot of film history books, like, regardless if they, if they have a... a female narrative to it um because okay well we get into the story but it's really interesting so marion e wong born 1895 and died in 1961 was a chinese american director living in oakland at only 21 years old she founded the mandarin film company in 1916 where she created her first and only silent film called the curse of kwan guan sorry if i pronounced that wrong when far east mingles with the west At the time, Chinese and other Asian groups were like zero, just only portrayed as caricatures and stereotypes. But Marianne wanted to show the tribute of her culture and really reflect it in a way that wasn't a total cartoon. And so while writing, directing, producing, casting, designing the costumes and playing the villainess of the stories, she, with an all Chinese cast, mostly consisting of family members, shot her short film. In an article by Paris phone magazine it is stated that marion convinced one of chaplin's cameramen to work on her project which required financing by marion's uncle ben lim lim's financing allowed marion to form a production company mandarin film company of oakland and hire actors and production assistants marion's decision to enlist a professional cameraman paid off the curse is unusually well crafted for a small an early production company yeah and so that's i don't know so cool you know um that she just made this you know 21 years old um also just as a chinese american at that time it was really tough you know and the article actually goes into a lot more depth about her life and the making of this movie and the production company and everything that went behind that so uh, we'll make sure to put that down below so you can read the full thing because it's uh, really really interesting but Marion was unable to get distributors to buy her 35 minute long short like even though press really loved it like they were buzzing it up um, but because it didn't have these stereotypes that white audiences were used to or familiar with and wanted to see of Asian people because they wasn't like fucking racist um, they nobody wanted to buy it from her and so she had to abandon her Hollywood dreams. Her uncle, Ben, um, received no return or profit on his investments and was forced to declare bankruptcy. Marion went on to pursue a goal of becoming a performer of both pop music and traditional Chinese opera. Uh, and yeah, so about five years ago, the curse of Kuan Guan, like the tape, the tapes were found in a basement um, and have now been restored and you can actually watch it on YouTube. It's not the full, um, they don't have all of the, um, all of the material, but it's a pretty good restoration. And we have so much more women we would like to mention. Um, if you want to hear about them, you can go on to our website and there will be an article with a lot more interesting facts about amazing women who've made history in the film industry. 
Yeah, so that's on womeninfilm.co.uk. And of course, uh, go read the full article with all these amazing women listed, their bios, where you can find their work and all that stuff on womeninfilm.co.uk, where we also have all sorts of other essays and articles. A lot of women's film history is still happening, and I feel like we're living through it. Now, I just want to talk about a bit about, you know, our perception of women in film and women's history when it comes to cinema, because I feel like unless you deliberately seek a lot of this out that we're going to be talking about later, you probably won't know about it. Like we all, <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, all everything I know about Hitchcock, it's like that meme, like I have been forced to know. But we know a lot about cinema history, we know about the Lumieres, we know everything about these like fundamentals of cinema history and yet so many of these women that were part of that have been forgotten which is why I kind of wanted to take dive into not just like contemporary history and like what's happening right now but actually go back over a hundred years ago and see what was happening then because this is a movement that has been happening for over a century. How about you Shania? Like obviously you study film as well. Um, now you it's mostly like theory and practical but when you talk about movies, how's your experience been with like being taught about women's history? Yeah, so thinking back to first year, I remember studying different directors and I don't remember any woman being mentioned at all. And even when we went around the class and we all said our favorite directors, you know, yet again, there was no woman in that conversation you know we're not aware of you know these amazing women in the film industry because well one we're not taught and like you said we need to really do our own research to find these women yeah and then yeah, yeah it's 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 uh it's just trying to as you say even when you try to deliberately seek out women and make that change be part of the change it's still hard um and I guess that's just what we're trying to do here is like connecting with other women and letting other women be heard and let them connect with other people. Um, and, you know, I've done a lot of research for this episode and I think there's just some really interesting things I personally didn't know about. And I'm not saying nobody knows about these things. They are historical things. And again, if you seek them out, you will find them. But things like, for example, you know, the bathroom, uh, the shower scene in Psycho, right? Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock did not originally want music to be in it. Um, obviously, that's kind of what made it iconic. But his wife, Alma Reveal, convinced him to have the music in there, uh, which is kind of what made it what it is today, like one of the most iconic yeah, exactly. cinema scenes. And generally, Alma, she was, you know, uh, his partner in film um with everything and yeah it's I think it's important for us to be part of keeping this history alive um and talking about these achievements and these contributions to how we know it today um again as you said a lot of history is still happening today you know recently just had chloe sow become the first woman of color to be direct to be nominated for best director at an oscar uh to be what the sixth well along with uh, emerald uh the sixth and seventh they were uh women to be nominated like the fact that you know up until 
what was it, this Monday, throughout 93 years of Oscar history, only five women have been nominated for Best Director. It's just like when you actually say it out loud, you know, it's like, come on. I know, and it's crazy because I remember being a kid and watching Oscars and, you know, winning Best Director. You know, you can't get better than that. You know, that's where everyone really wants to be. Exactly. And, like, them, it's, like, gives the person winning the award, I feel like, so much power. And, you know, even if you are not into, like, award season, like, if someone wins Best Director, you're going to know their name. Exactly. And it's like, it's a huge selling point. It goes on every front cover of a DVD when we had DVDs and posters now, like literally best art, the best picture, all of these are so, so prestigious. Like even, even in my mind where I'm like, yeah, it's really not about the best picture. It's not, it's like a business, it's financial, it's uh, campaigns and it's, just the preference of the voter body like it's not uh, the opinion isn't really as sacred as we make it out to be but still when you see that little gold man on the front cover you're like damn it won an oscar and that's kind of a validation for it i don't know like it's 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 just interesting um i feel like especially with awards because we strive a lot of us you know women's cinema and all other marginalized groups it's like wow this is the first person to be nominated and first person to win um but at the same time I feel like maybe we should kind of stop seeking to be kind of approved in that way if you if you get what I mean like eh, part of me feels like it's just another way of gatekeeping shit you know um and, and instead of seeking to, you know, just build something completely new and just change the system, it's like trying to get your foot in the door where, like, of course, I'm going to celebrate the women who are getting nominated. I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's more of a, um, it's never going to be fair and it's never going to be about really the best movie either. There's so many things that go into it. I was writing an article um, about kind of this gender divide there is and actually getting into the fact that Hollywood (laughs) spends between a hundred million dollars to up to half a billion each year on Oscar campaigns for movies you know like specifically market marketing targeted at Oscar voters Um, and then it's like how are the movies um, women predominantly shoot very low budget movies how are they going to compete in that how are they going to compete with that you know um because the voters don't actually have to watch all the movies um it's a difficult one yeah and when you were talking about that I just had a thought I remember being young and I was obsessed with the Oscars like obsessed mm-hmm. um and when I was younger I, I I told everyone I want to be an actress I want to be an actress but I hated drama. I hated acting. <laughs> I hated drama. I'm like, and just listening to you then, I think it's because I only seen women winning awards if it was best actress. Yes, yes. And so I knew I wanted to be in the film industry. I was so obsessed with mm-hmm. films and everything. But because of these award shows, the only 
kind of way into the industry that I could see acting, was yeah. acting mm-hmm. because there is um you know because they're forced to nominate women yeah like best actress like it was yeah. a specific two women and that was the only woman I was seeing on stage winning awards Mm-hmm, exactly was, so yeah that's so interesting that's actually of that. mm-hmm, especially because like that's kind of what um when we had Naomi McDougall Jones on that was what she was talking was like women are encouraged to act and men are encouraged to direct and so even and then you have of course the whole problem which is that there are more male roles than female roles and then women just like can't actually like there's not enough roles but there's more actresses and it's just like a whole a whole mess on that side um so yeah obviously when I was younger I was very aware it was a male-dominated industry um and I you know I only knew uh male directors but thinking back to that time there was three films I used to watch on repeat with my mum and it was when Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail <laughs> like the classic <laughs> rom-coms yeah um so during that time when I thought it, it was like a male driven industry, mm-hmm. uh, them three films, well, two of them are directed by um, a female and the other is written by the same female. So, you know, I was consuming content films mm-hmm. written and directed by a woman, mm-hmm. but I still, you know, thought, you know, it's impossible. Yeah. It's just interesting thinking back at it now. What, are, what about your favourite movies now by women? My favourite movies <laughs> written or directed by women? Yeah, or both, yeah. Um, um, favourite films directed by women. First one that pops in my head is Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. We've spoke about it so, so many times, I feel like. <laughs> That's always going to be one of my favourites just because it's so relatable on, like, a different level than a I've, I've ever really seen before so um, honest so honest either. I was just a way to say that like a very honest portrayal of you know a mother-daughter relationship and I feel like any any girl can watch that and just it's so relatable and you can just see yourself in them situations mm-hmm. and obviously Greta Gerwig is a queen <laughs> she really is she really is and you know not just on the directing side but the writing where she's was for a long time like absolutely excellent stuff there yeah and I've seen like behind the scenes footage of her directing and I love it it just seems so like free I know and like she's just so wild and quirky I love no it just seems like it's such a good environment to be in you know um personally like Celine Siama who's a French director director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire oh my god if you haven't watched that movie please do it's it's exquisite like that's the word I would use it's like exquisite you know um she also also directed Girlhood, Tomboy, Water Lilies um and a couple of other really really good good movies um she has this focus on womanhood and well girlhood literally the title of one of her movies um and also such great contributions to queer cinema and women loving women cinema and it's just in a way like the way there's something so unique about the way she portrays women is that like feminism in her movies it's not in relation to other like to to men or to the patriarchy it's like to other women it's not about how women exist or what they are how they are 
to other like in comparison or pitted against men but just with other women and like in this such a female-centric way that you just haven't like you don't see very often um and I absolutely love it because it's it's just it's freeing um it's really freeing to see the first one that like popped into my head was Patty Jenkins. How does Patty Jenkins? Yeah, Patty Jenkins. For obviously Wonder Woman, because mm-hmm. you know, despite what people you know, might say, I think Marvel and DC and them like blockbuster type films, they are so important to the industry, really? and I feel like they're they're you know with COVID, they're keeping um, you know cinemas alive today, and so I think they're so important, and for you know wonder woman mm-hmm. to come out you know that was such a iconic oh moment yeah, you I, know i cried <laughs> i definitely cried there yeah you know seeing you know a woman in that position in a big on a big screen you know that was like a game changer so no definitely I, her yeah pie jenkins and i don't think like yeah you have like kind of the and i want to say like the core three if you think about like now where most people like the average person who watches a movie here and there probably knows you know Greta Gerwig, Patty Jenkins and Ava DuVernay like those I will say are kind of the you want to say like the trailblazers of of um of women directing right now especially like in the um what do you want to call it like in the popular um sphere you know um and, and that doesn't take away from, from what they're doing at all. Like, okay, yes, I was not a fan of Wonder Woman 1984, whatever. I was a fan of Wonder Woman. And she also made like this small series, um, like some limited series. I can't remember the name of it now, but that was also pretty good. Um, and Ava DuVernay, oh my God, she's incredible. Like, and yes, I had some quarrels with A Wrinkle in Time, but everything else is literally like, so phenomenal and the things she's doing not just for women but especially for black women in film amazing and how she keeps on speaking up she like really uses her voice and you know she created this um database diversity database for hiring in hollywood called array alliance uh, which makes it accessible and easy to reach people uh, of diverse backgrounds uh, and hire them and actually you know she's just really doing the work and it's so inspiring to see not only just because she's a big name now Ava DuVernay is a big it's a household name I think you know when we speak about directors of our current time she's up there you know and what she's doing like Selma her documentary 13th when they see us I mean it's just time after time again she just proves that she has this incredible magic and what I you know again going back to a wrinkle in time I wasn't a fan of it a lot of people weren't um but she obviously she got so much shit for it and uh people just I don't know like not every movie you're gonna make is going to be fantastic like that's just kind of the truth like I feel like there's an expectation especially for women especially for women of color that you just can't make a mistake there you know and if you do it kind of ruins your entire career while it's just really not the same especially for white men um most people don't start out their careers being absolutely fantastic directors they work their way up from that and then sometimes you have hit and misses 
it happens and it's not all in your control despite being the director it's not it's not all in your control exactly and even though there is definitely more women working in film than ever before you know we still see it as like a male dominated industry because there are mostly men in these like key roles you know men dominate you know the producers and the writers and the directors and like the heads of production companies so that's where we need to see change next because we've seen more women getting into the industry but we need to see more women in power that's where the real I feel like that's where the real change is going to happen and that's where we might be able to see a more you know gender equal uh industry now before we go off I also wanted to give a shout out to this film festival uh global media you case first ever film festival now they are currently going to while you listen to this um it's going to be going on online um until the 21st of march so until sunday and what they're gonna have is they're gonna have films talks and workshops about women working in the media there are over 50 short films by young women filmmakers from 20 different countries there'll be networking and amazing inspirational speakers and workshops anna smith reviews the best films at the festival yalda hakim uh she speaks about how to succeed in the media by making a virtue of your point of difference. Sara Janjau uh, speaks on how to get ahead in your career. Usma Mir on how to make your way through the media and film industry. There's going to be a Twitch workshop, how to create content, sister studio workshop, how to build your story and pitch. Just a lot of really great stuff. So please go check that out. There's going to be a young filmmakers Q&A because I know so many of you guys just like you know, me and Shania are young filmmakers and are constantly just trying to learn. Like that's literally the point of this is learning and hearing different perspectives. So please go check this out. Um, and you can book your tickets for this festival, which will still be going on as you're listening to this. Please go and support them. This is not sponsored in any way. It's literally just women supporting women, doing amazing things and just giving you, you know, uh, providing you with knowledge uh, now go to ggmfilmfestival.com slash tickets to book your tickets and all access pass is just 15 quid film pass is 10 and a workshop pass is five again so many great things please go check them out and support them um, and i'm sure they'll be doing this in the future as well thank you for listening to this episode of making it a woman in film don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all our social medias at Making It Women in Film. Yeah, and of course, uh, go read the full article with all these amazing women listed, their bios, where you can find their work and all that stuff on womeninfilm.co.uk, where we also have all sorts of other essays and articles. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>